living in prosperity. Why is your prosperity so important to God? Why? Why do you think that? It, and then answers. I give you answers that are very, that are very plain and very straightforward. If you go to the book of Deuteronomy, chapter number twenty-eight, that is where we start. I'll read you from verse number ten. I'll encourage you to read all the other verses before that. He spoke blessings upon your life. Then he says in verse number 10, All people of the earth shall see that you are called by the name and in the presence of the Lord, and they shall be afraid of you. And the Lord shall make you have a surplus of prosperity. You know, there is prosperity. And there is a surplus of prosperity. He says, and the Lord shall make you have a surplus, a surplus of prosperity through the fruit of your body, of your livestock and of your ground, in the land which the Lord saw to your fathers to give you. The Lord shall open to you his good treasury, the heavens, to give the rain of your land in its season and to bless to bless all the work of your hands. And you shall lend to many nations, but you shall not borrow. God doesn't want you to live in debt. You cannot be in debt and be saying that I am prospering. You can't be prospering in land and yet you're living in debt. I told you on Wednesday what you need to do with your debt. So, the sooner you do so, the better. Praise God. Get rid of it. That's the beginning of prosperity. Do away with it. Don't get used to borrowing. Don't get used to living beyond your means. You need to be very quick to pay your debts. And you're not only going to pray about it and wish that it disappears. Pray that God will give you money to pay and pay your debts. The sooner you do so, the better. It will help you to start planning and preparing yourself for a life of prosperity. You do not want to get used to borrowing. It is not God's plan. It is not what he wants for you. He said, instead, you must lend to many. Not just one person. Be the one who is lending to many. And you shall not borrow. It's a decision you make now. You know, borrowing is very easy. Any corner you find Mashonisa here, 
You walk in your IT, your payslip, yes, 10,000 rand. But what you don't know is that they will they put the chain on your neck. You almost become their slave. You've not only given away your much-needed resources, you've sold even your soul. You no longer have control over your land. People are living and thinking that they're enjoying them, themselves with the, with the monies that they borrowed. But what they don't know is that there's somebody else in charge. Those people control your life. They tell you what to do with the very money that you're working so hard for. It doesn't matter where that money comes from. I don't, it doesn't matter which bank has borrowed you the money. It is not good enough an excuse to borrow. Because the moment you do so, you are getting yourself into such a predicament. You are already, you firstly, dampening your faith. You are, you are now, you know, you're not believing that God can supply all your needs. You're not thinking that he can be able to do far beyond your thinking, far beyond your imaginations. The only thing that you're thinking that you can do is to borrow. It is not his plan. You need to, I'm just saying this to you as a, as a, as a, as a friendly advice. Stop borrowing. Stop living in debt. You cannot be borrowing everywhere and think that you are enjoying your life. Now that people who have so many credit cards, they have accounts in every store for clothes because they want to look good outwardly. But at the same time, the hidden man of the heart is, is in pain that he is now being neglected. How about you start by focusing inwardly and change your heart and how you think, how you perceive money, how you relate to the resources that you have so you can change what that money can do for you before you know instead of working so hard for your money your money begins to work for you it works for you you're not supposed to be laboring for money it ought to be working for you be able to send it on errands and do things without you having to labor so hard but that may not be possible if you are used to just borrowing everywhere. So much so that even the food one eats, we have to open an account. Put an account and pick and pay, an account at spa. We've got an account for checkers. How is accounts everywhere? And before you know, you become an accountant. You're managing accounts. 
It's, it's now your speciality. You, you know, the person sits down and starts thinking, oh, but I'm only going to get 10,000 rand. Must pay 2,000, 3,000 there, 5,000 there, 8,000 there. Before you know, there's a big minus here at the bottom. You now have to think, who do I rob to pay the next one? Because you must now live. And, 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 and you'll never find yourself in peace. You'll, not, you'll, never, be, you'll never be content. You'll never be happy. Well, as long as you're in debt. That is how dangerous debt is. It put a chain around your neck that strangles you and you're suffocating and you get to a point where you are no longer happy in this life. It robs you of options. It robs you of your potential and the ability you have. The results that your faith can bring in your life. It robs you of your happiness. You lose so much by just being in debt. You suddenly worried you, you are you are you are now you know stressed before you know this there's depression and now you start losing weight by just being in debt it's not like you're sick or anything <laughs> you're just not worried how am I going to um, deal with all these uh, uh, people who who want their money God said, you shall lend to many nations, but you shall not borrow. You shall not borrow. Because he wants you to live a prosperous life. He says here, and the Lord shall make you the head and not the tail. And you shall be above only, and you shall not be beneath. If you heed the commandments of the Lord your God, which I command you this day, and are watchful to do them, he says here, you shall you shall not be. He says you shall be above only, and you shall not be beneath. If that is a condition, if you heed the commandments of the Lord your God which I command you this day. Mark this day. This day, God is giving you such a commandment. He says you must be watchful to do them. You must heed them and be watchful to do them. Now, if I was just to explain to you in simple terms what you just read in those four verses, firstly, if you read verse 10, and all the people of the earth shall see that you are called by the name of the Lord and they shall they shall be afraid of you that should simply say that God wants your life to be a signboard for his greatness 
He wants all the people of the earth to know. And he goes beyond to say that he wants the whole world to know him through you. As they look at you, they are able to know that they can see what the Lord is doing in your life. You become a testimony. You testify for him without you having to say anything. And not only that, it will give you so much, such boldness and courage to be able to do more. You cannot be a closet, a closet Christian and expect to prosper in life. He says he wants you to have a surplus of prosperity. A surplus. When you have a surplus, when you have a, 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 you know, money that, you know, you call a surplus, you know, you can be able to do anything that you want to do with it. You can invest it. You can save it. You can give it away. I said to you on Wednesday that one of the things that debt robs you is to give. Whenever an opportunity arises for you to help somebody, but when you're in debt, you're first thinking, how am I going to give when I don't have enough myself? There's always an opportunity to give when you are having a surplus. There's always an opportunity to give. And when you make use of such an opportunity, it will help you to start building, um, building you know, um, reserves and, and more surplus and, and you continue to increase and, and before you know, Financially, you are, you are flourishing. You are now able to increase from not having enough to having a surplus. So use this opportunity and make it your personal responsibility so that you can get to increase and multiply what you have. In verse number 12, you read that he wants to bless the work of your hands. That's what he said. He wants to bless the work of your hands. So that you may continue to prosper in this life. I, I, think, I think maybe if you go back to verse 12. This is very important to understand. It says, the Lord shall open to you his good treasury. The heavens. I don't know how many banks that you may have come to know that exist. <laughs> but you know how you deal with banks, you know, most of the time you just go over the counter there. The only thing you see, the, the cashier, and, and they give you just the money that you're looking for. You know, they just give you, you know, if you're drawing a thousand rand, they give you a thousand rand. I don't know how many banks you, you've been to, and if they've opened, if they've ever shown you their fault, and what is in there, what it looks like. 
Because this is what, what he's saying here. You may have known of every other bank, but there is also the central bank of heaven. God wants to open to you his good treasury, the bank of heaven, that you have access to. Not just the little bit that they give to you based on the little that you may have. He wants to open to you his good treasury. The heavens to give the rain of your land in its season and to bless all the work of your hands. You will not know how it is happening. You may not understand why things are just beginning to, to go the way that they're going. Suddenly, there is a multiplication, there is an increase. God just breathed upon the little that you have. And this is a principle, the principle that you need to understand. He wants to give the rain of your land in its season. Think about it. But the Bible says when the clouds are full of rain, they empty themselves upon this earth. There's so much untold wealth that you need to begin to unravel in Christ. That when this rain starts coming down on this earth, it has to water the ground. So it produces fruit and bud. Begin to produce. It's a principle that, that, that can work in your life even today. If you begin to align yourself with this truth. And then he says in verse 13 that he wants you to be the head and not the tail. Be the one who is providing direction, leadership, who is carrying the vision that God has for his people. Become that beacon of hope, the light bearer, the one who is leading. And others have to now follow. He wants you to be the head. The head. Why would he compare it with a tail? He would have said that he doesn't want you to be the head, the, the, the hand or, or an arm. He doesn't want you to be the tail. There's no use for it. He wants you to be the head. Be the one who's making the decisions, who is in charge, who is providing leadership, become that beacon of hope, a point of reference. Others are looking up to you because they're able to see what God is doing in your life. He wants you to be the head and not the tail. Be able to see it as such. Make a conscious decision be able to begin to think as such that he wants you to be above only and not beneath. Be the lender and not the borrower. When this comes into your spirit, even if you were thinking of going to borrow and you just remind yourself of this truth, you'll be amazed what God can do 
in your mind. You begin to think as a hand and be the hand. Let alone if you're a man. The Bible is already said that you are the hand of the home, of the, of the, the one in a family. Begin to think as such and not allow your son to now be the one who is borrowing. Because that is not what is intended. And throughout this month, every day, God will tell you precisely what to do. The Holy Spirit will minister to you in your personal life. He daily loads us with benefits. There's a blessing for each day. There's a blessing for today. There's a blessing for tomorrow. He wants you to enjoy this life in the now and be prospering. So be attentive enough so that when he gives you those instructions, you are able to do what he wants you to do in your situation. He will instruct you on how to accomplish the vision he has given you. His plans, his dreams. He will instruct you, he will give you precise instructions so that you are able to do precisely what he wants you to do for you to can begin to prosper in this life. Why does God want you to prosper in this life? He wants you to have the poor. He wants you to have the widows and the orphans. But above all, he wants you to have a good life. To live in his promises. To be able to, to um, um, you know, lead the life that God has called you into. A life of purpose and meaning. Be able to say that I am living his dream and the plans he has for me. It is as important for you to be able to think as such. James 1 27. The book of James, chapter number 1, verse 27. In the Amplified Version, it says the external religious worship that is religion as it is expressed in outward acts. That is pure and unblemished in the sight of God. The Father is this. To visit and help and care for the orphans and widows in their affliction and need, and to keep oneself unspotted and uncontaminated from the world. It is if you are so very passionate about religion or living such a religious life, start by visiting and helping the poor the orphans, 
and those who are in need. That is true religion. If you read in the book of Titus, chapter number 3, verse number 14. Now I like this part of the Bible. He says, and let your own people really learn to apply themselves to good deeds, honest labor, and honorable employment, so that they may be able to meet necessary demands whenever the occasion may require and not be living idle and uncultivated and unfruitful lives. God doesn't want you to live an unproductive life. You ought to always be fruitful and be productive in every good work so that you may be able to meet necessary needs whenever such an opportunity arises, You may want to ask this question to yourself. Are you in a position to can have the poor better if you yourself are poor or if you are prosperous? It is, it is a desire that you must have it will help you to do more with what you have. You will always be in a position to help others and meet their needs. And by so doing, because you're taking care of God's people, He takes care of your own needs. The more you water others, the more God waters you. The more you are increasing, the more your capacity to do more is growing and you find yourself being more resourceful. So it is a desire that you must have. So instead of you just complaining that you do not have enough, that is, and make then an excuse why you're not helping others, that is not going to help you to change the status quo. But you need to understand that there's always such an opportunity that will arise in order for you to be able to meet such urgent need of others. Be the one that God has sent purposefully so to somebody else's land to be able to meet their need, to be able to help someone in need. And by so doing, God will continue blessing you. He will prosper you in all that you do. You must desire such. It must be something that is in your mind that I'm not just working so that I have enough to eat myself. I'm doing what I'm doing because it is in my spirit to help others as well. Be able to look for a need and meet such a need. Just look around yourself. There's always an opportunity to help somebody. There's always an opportunity to meet a need that somebody might have and be that one person who always, you know, who always be you know, more than ready and willing to meet such a need. That you stand up 
in a you know in in a crown and distinguish your Zion and be able to do something special for somebody. Avoid treating or mistreating the poor or those who are less privileged or even trying to make money from the poor. The same way that God doesn't want you to borrow from anybody, including the bank. God doesn't want you to borrow to a poor with an intention to make money from them. If you borrow from them, don't expect them to pay interest to you. you that says that you're not borrowing genuinely. Your intention is to make money. So, if you happen to have somebody, there's two things. You can happen to have somebody genuinely so. Genuinely so. Because you want to have. But if you're, you're helping them, expecting them to pay you back, be honest with them and allow them just to pay you what you have given them. As Christians, you're not a bank. You're not, you're not, it's not, it's not a something that is, um, you're supposed to be, you're supposed to be, you know, um, doing as a child of God. Especially to somebody who is poor or who does not have. It is not what God has desired for you. Exodus 22. Um, I'm just saying the way you're looking at me is just like, Pastor, you don't want us to make money. Why can't we charge interest? Uh, because God said so. <laughs> Give freely. God will bless you for your labor of love and what you're doing willingly so with your heart. Firstly, he says, do not mistreat or, or oppress a foreigner for you were, you were foreigners in Egypt. Then he says, do not take advantage of the widow or the fatherless. Don't take advantage of people. There's no prosperity there. There's no prosperity in oppressing others. But there's more prosperity in helping others prosper. There's more, there's, there's an opportunity for you to create even more wealth when you are helping others genuinely so from within your heart. He says here, look at what he says. He says, do not take advantage of the widow or the fatherless. Because if you do, and they cry out to me, I will certainly hear their cry. I will hear their cry. And then he says, my anger will be aroused. And I will kill you with a sword. Your wives will become widows themselves. And your children fatherless. It is that serious. Then he says here, if you lend money to one of my people among you who is needy, do not treat it like a business deal. Charge no interest. Don't treat it like a business deal. 
He says here, charge no interest. Now we mustn't be Christians who are selective. When we read the scriptures, read the scriptures and apply them in your life today and see if the Lord will not have will not open his treasury, his good treasury to you. The heavens, he says. Read and just do what God is saying that you must do and see if he will not open his good treasury to you. If you lend money to one of my people among you who is needy, do not treat it like a business deal. Charge no interest. After all, he said, when you lend to the poor, you borrow to him. He says he will pay you himself with interest for that matter. So you don't have to worry about the interest that others you think they must they must pay you. God wants you to be prosperous because he wants you to be a consistent tither in the house of God and a giver in his kingdom. That is why your prosperity is as important because he wants you to be a tither. Let me read you that scripture in uh, the book of Malachi chapter number 3 verse number 10. It's a book of Malachi not Malachi no, you know, as in like you're feeling lucky. <laughs> you don't need luck in this life. You need grace. You need grace. You need grace. Forget about playing lotto. Forget about gambling. That's not where your prosperity is. Be honest with yourself. Is this in verse number 8? Begin by being honest. That's where it starts. Start by being honest. Then he says, do honest people rob God? Do honest people rob God? That's a question. But you rob me day after day. Oh, he's talking to somebody today. He says you rob me day after day. Not once. Not twice. Day after day. Now, I always say to you that, you know, the danger of not tithing is not more about the money itself. It's, it's more about you not trusting God that he can do what he promised he will do when you tithe. It's, 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 it's nothing to do with money. It's just, it's, it, you know, it, 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 it says how much you trust in God. How much are you believing Him? For you? So it is, it is as important for you to learn to trust God and stop robbing God day by day. Because He didn't ask of you a thousand rand in the first place if He knows that you don't have a thousand rand. 
All he says is his is a 10. I'm not going to preach to you that start by 3% and go 5%. 10%. No T's and C's when it comes to typing. No T's and C's. It doesn't say if you're not in debt. It doesn't say that if you if if you have paid rent, if you no. Start by being honest. He would have given conditions if he wanted. No, you know, I can't give now. The school's just open. I must pay school fees for my kids. You know. Oh, no, I must buy them uniform. Oh, I must, you know, my, my uncle just uh, passed away. You know, we must raise money for his funeral. You know, it's important. But the truth is, the devil will always do such things in your life. So you have more reasons not to, not to give, not to tie to God. When you hear it, there's not a time when you hear a voice that says that don't give, that you must think it's from God. That is, a, that is, that is the devil talking. There's never a time when you now say to yourself, oh, I, I wanted to, but I just had a voice say, I mustn't give. From where? That voice was not from God. You can be guaranteed that is from the devil. That is the devil talking. Don't give your time. If you give, you may not be able to buy food. If you give, you may not be able to, to help or to give somebody. And you, you, you always find a, a reason or try to justify why you're robbing. God says here, you, you rob me day after day. God is watching. He knows. He's seeing. All he's asking is a tenth. You know, I cannot imagine if somebody was not working for 10 years. Suddenly he starts working today and he's earning a thousand rand and he says that it's difficult to give God a hundred rand. After all, God has blessed you to be now in that employment, in that job, in that position. The right thing to do is to thank God, to worship him with your giving. Tithing is not optional. There are so many other givings that are you know, this is something that, you know, um, you know, you can choose to, it's more of a free will offering. If you want to, if you want to give a hundred rand for an offering or a thousand rand for a seed, that's up to you. But tithing, it's not something that is, that is, that is, if, if, if I'm able to, if I can. Most of God's children, many of God's children are suffering today because they don't understand this principle. One of the main reasons why many of God's children are suffering is because they are not tithing. They, it simply says they are not trusting God enough. They are worshipping this God. They are praying to this God. They, are being, they, they go to church every Sunday. They, they, are, they are good. They are, they are, they are good in, in whatever they are doing. Uh, be it um, being an usher here, a counselor there, or a you know singing or in choir, worshiping God when you're standing here holding a mic is not good enough. It's not. It's not a. It's not a replacement for a time. You can worship God as much as you want to, but you must still give your time. Don't say that I'm already laboring in church and I think I'm doing enough or whatever excuses that you may give. Give your time. If you want to prosper in this land, 
Until and unless you come to a point where you understand this one principle, prosperity may always be very elusive for you. You may struggle all your life. You may pray every prayer that you think that you need to pray. You may consult every expert that you think you must consult. You talk to everybody that you possibly think that will help you to just begin to prosper or make progress financially and nothing seems to change. Until such time that you come to that realization and that understanding that it is as important for you to time. Giving God a 10 rand when you receive a 100 rand must not be a struggle. It must not be a struggle. Not when you know who this God is and what he can do in your mind. How much you value God to also determine how much you give to him. The relationship you have with God. How much you want to worship God who will say that this is, this is how much you revere him. Because that is what you're giving is. It's also an act of reverence. You, you revere God. You, you want to worship him through your giving. And the starting point is to give you time. If you don't do anything else, it may not just... It, there's, no, there's no consequence. You may limit yourself, it's true. But the, the, this particular one, it's not something that you, you must get used to and, not, and think that it is, it is okay. Then he says here, yeah, you ask, you ask. You know, people sometimes ask as if they don't know. You know, it's like asking God, how, how, how have we robbed you? But they know what they, do, what they are not doing. They know. He says here, you may be asking, how have we robbed you? Then the answer is very plain and straightforward. He says, the time and the offering, that's how. You know, after that line, he says, <laughs> you're you asking me how are we robbing you? He says, the time and the offering, that's how. And now, you are under a case, the whole lot of you, because you are robbing me. And you keep wondering why things are the way they are. This, there is an answer to that question. Then he says, verse number 10. Bring your full time. Full. Not nine and a half percent. Nine point nine percent will not cut it. Ten percent is the time. It is bring your full time to the temple treasury. So there will be ample provisions in my temple. 
And I like the, the last part. There's a reason why God wants you to prosper. He says, test me in this. Test me in this. And see, if I don't open up heaven itself to you and pour out blessings beyond your wildest dreams, test me. He said, prove me. Prove me. And God wants you to take him at his word. Test him. He says, that's just to say that even if you don't understand, test him. Just, just do it. You may not have to. You may not understand. I mean, we were just singing now just because we don't see or we don't feel what you're doing. It doesn't mean you're not doing anything. You may not see it. You may choose not to see it. It's not, it's not because God is not doing anything. You don't have to feel like. It's not nothing to do with what you feel like. You feel like doing it this month. You don't do it three months. You feel like doing it. No, it's not going to work. But just because you're not seeing it, it doesn't mean it's not doing it. You may not be seeing it because you're looking in the wrong place. Because you're looking for the wrong things. Or you're using the wrong measure. You are, you are, not, you are not looking with, with your spiritual eyes and, and relating to God at that level where you begin just to see the things that God wants you to see. But if that, is, if that is not enough, he says, you can test me in this. You can test me and see, see if I don't open up heaven itself to you. Not just, you know, um, give you just what you're looking for. He says, I'll open up heaven itself. What, what comes to mind? Maybe, maybe, maybe you don't have an idea what heaven is like. Because sometimes we limit what God is saying or what he wants doing. Because we are limiting heaven to Capitec. Capitec, there's not even enough money there. Or you have enough, go open your account in Capitec where they can't even pay their bonds themselves. You're thinking of this small uh, bank that, oh, God says you open up heaven. Maybe, maybe, you know. No, no, you don't want to relate to God with your natural thinking and your understanding. Just see heaven opening up. Heaven. Heaven itself. What is heaven like? Gold everywhere. From the entrance, every, you look around you is gold. You think about walking into a vault, you're, going to, you're not going to see just a hundred rand that you need from a bank. You stand in a vault. It is gold. Everything is made of. You cannot, you cannot fathom the thinking. What would it be like? What would you, you, you will faint if you walk into a vault. You will faint because you used to just withdrawing money sometimes it doesn't come out oh sorry your transaction can't come the sleep comes before the money comes and you're now complaining to everybody you don't want you don't want to, to test god test god in this test him in this i mean you 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 see things sometimes you you see people kneeling at the atm father god no weapon formed against me shall prosper this ATM is bringing money right now in the name of Jesus, but you didn't tithe. Test him on this. 
Tithe first. Then you can go kneel in front of the ATM. Even when you don't, when you know you don't have money. You will not. <laughs> I want to frustrate the grace of God. <laughs> I love this part. Do not frustrate the grace of God upon your life. <laughs> right. If you are not believing, he will prove you wrong. But he wants you to test him and see if he will not open up heaven itself to you and pour out blessings beyond your wildest dreams. Or dreams, you know you can be wild in dreams. I don't know how far, how far you have dreamt, but you know, you know, you, 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 and, and that's, a, that's a good part of it. Because when, if you can dream it, if you can imagine it, you can have it. You can do it. It, it is something that you can be able to bring to fruition. And it starts there. But if there's not even a dream, if there's nothing that is saying that I, I have this, this vivid dream, I have this imagination, and this is what I'm seeing God doing in my situation, in my financial situation today, you may, you may struggle to get to experience this truth. So understand how important this is to you irrespective of the situation you may be in yourself today. But keeping robbing God is not going to help you out of the mess that you're in. If anything, it might make things even worse. But the good thing is that it is only God who can deliver you from the mess you are in when you begin to apply this in your life irrespective of the circumstances. It is only God who can take you out of the situation that you find yourself in today. He wants you to honor him with your financial success. That is why it is important. Your prosperity is important to him. God wants you to have multiple streams of income, not just rely on your job or the money that you're waiting for from the next person. Proverbs 3, verses 9 to 10. It says here, Honor the Lord with your capital and sufficiency from righteous labors and with the first fruits of all your income so that your storage places will be filled with plenty and your vats shall be overflowing with new wine. Honor the Lord with your capital and sufficiency from righteous labors and with the first fruits of all your income. 
so that your storage places will be filled with plenty and your vats shall be overflowing with new wine. That is what you need to understand that God wants to fulfill his promises in your life today. If you read in Deuteronomy chapter number 8 verse 18, the Bible says that, but remember the Lord your God, for it is he who gives you the ability to produce wealth. Remember the Lord your God. It is he who gives you the ability to produce wealth. And so confirms his covenant, which he saw to your ancestors as it is today. Oh, he is the one who gives you the ability to produce wealth. It is only God who can give you the ability to produce wealth. He teaches us how to make profits in our businesses. It is only God who will teach you how to can be profit, can be profitable in your life. He, he wants you to be of influence. He wants you. He wants you to be relevant. He wants you to be a person who is living in this truth, in this promise, as they say, that affluence creates influence. Be of influence when you have created such work. That is what will make you to really be of such influence. Always remember the one who gave you his all so that you can be your all through him. Always remember the one who gave you his all. So you can be your all through him. Be able to honor God with your substance. The first fruits of your produce. Always remember God. So that you are able to can become what God has created you to be. Continue to live a life of purpose. You know, there's this scripture in Romans eleven twenty nine, which I need you to take careful note of. It says here, for God's gifts and his call are irrevocable. He never withdraws them when once they are given. He does not change his mind about those whom he gives his grace or to whom he sends his call. God's gifts, he says, they are irrevocable. When you have an an irrevocable letter of credit, you can present it to anybody. You can be guaranteed that it cannot be reversed, it cannot be changed, it cannot be withdrawn. He has guaranteed you these promises the day that you have received your salvation, your son. Guaranteed. When you hear that he wants 
to confirm his covenant that he had with your forefathers as it is today. It still stands. That covenant that he had, it is still applicable in your life today. After all, a covenant is just an agreement, a contract that you had with him. It still stands irrespective there is nobody who can say or do anything that will reverse that blessing that God had for you. It cannot be changed. It cannot be, it cannot be reversed. It does not matter what people may say or try and do. To this, God has already blessed you. He wants you prosperous in this life. He wants you wealthy. He doesn't want you to live in debt. He wants your bills paid. He wants your needs met. He wants your family blessed. Look at Psalm 84, 11, the last part. He says, no good thing will he withhold from those who walk uprightly. Nothing good shall be withheld from you. That is what God wants you to, to understand. He says, nothing good that he will hold back from you. Everything good you deserve, every earthly and every spiritual blessing he has blessed you with, it cannot be withdrawn. It cannot be with, it cannot be reversed. So, he wants you to live such a prosperous life. And lastly, in Psalm 35, 27, he said, Let those who favor my righteous cause and have pleasure in my uprightness shout for John and be glad and say continually, Let the Lord be magnified who takes pleasure in the prosperity of his servants. He says, let those who favor my righteous cause and have pleasure in my uprightness shout for joy and be glad and say continually, let the Lord be magnified who takes pleasure in the prosperity of his servant. He takes pleasure in your prosperity. God is happy when you're prospering. You don't want to grieve God. By living a life of struggle when he's already given you such an irrevocable letter of credit or gifts. He says his gifts and his core are irrevocable. And may the Lord give you increase more and more. You and your family. May the Lord continue to multiply you. He'll increase and multiply the fruits of your righteousness. He'll establish the desires of your hearts unto you. He says, prosperity is indeed your birthright. You are born to prosper in this land. You are a leader and not a follower. You are a lender and not a borrower. 
You are blessed going out and you are blessed coming, coming in. He has blessed you to be a blessing. God will give you such excellent ideas by His Spirit and a new strategy and a new hope in your finances that you continue to prosper in all things and be fruitful and productive in every good work. There is a midshack anointing that is at work in your life. The anointing to increase and to multiply. The little that you have, it will multiply. God is saying to you today that I have already done it for you because his gifts to you are irrevocable. His blessings to you, they cannot be reversed. He will not withhold any good thing from you. Everything good, whatever it is that you're able to think of, what you're able to purpose in your heart, God has done it for you already. Just begin to walk as such because it is God who gives you the ability to produce wealth in your, in, your, in your life today. Begin to walk as such because God has increased your ability. It will increase the grace that is at work in your life today. He has given you such an ability to be able to do more with the little that you have. The revelations that you have received as far, he says he has given you that ability to bring them to fruition. Every prophecy that has been spoken concerning your finances, it shall come to pass in the mighty name of Jesus. He says this is your time, this is your season, this is your opportune time that you'll be able to use, you'll be able to magnify you before all men, that they may be able to see that indeed the Lord has done a great thing in your life. He's doing new things in your life. He's doing great things in your life. With minimal efforts, you will be able to bring about such excellent results in everything that you do. As he has said, that if you see a man being diligent in his work, he shall stand before kings and not before ordinary men. He shall stand before kings and not before ordinary men. Your name is being called in that place of a business. Your name is being called in that place of an opportunity. Men are being directed purposefully to your Father, in order to bring this world into your life, in the mighty name of Jesus, you shall always be led and guided by His Spirit. You'll be fruitful and productive in everything that you do because there's an excellent Spirit that is at work in your life. Be excellent, be able to do excellent things, excellently well, and begin to prosper in your life. Ye are prospering in all things. He has bless you in your family. He has blessed you in your business. He will breathe upon your finances that you continue to live such a prosperous life. Begin to declare that you are prospering in all things. In the mighty name of Jesus. Begin to declare that you are prospering. Begin to call for things that do not exist as if they existed. Where you have been, where, you, where there is such a struggle in your life, begin to call on his name at this time and bring about such a change in your life. Where men are cast down, I shall say there is a lifting up. There is indeed a lifting up in your finances. There is a lifting up in your business. New opportunities have been directed to your path.